The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So we're going to begin as we have at the since the beginning of the year by doing a short contemplation where we're practicing keeping in mind during the reflection our refuge and then these trainings and non-harming that in Buddhism we call the precepts. And then we'll do a guided meditation. And for all of this work of meditation and contemplation, it really helps to simplify our environment. Now, at this point, probably not a good idea to change your location, but one thing that we can over time get a little sloppy about is how useful it is just to hold the body relatively still. It's just like finding that corner in your room that's relatively uncluttered, where you have a nice chair and nothing to kind of trigger mental reactivity, preferably. It's the same thing about holding the body still. It's it's not that these little movements or adjustments are somehow evil or going to ruin our practice, but it helps when the body's still, the mind settles, because the body and the mind, they mirror each other quite a bit. So we can take advantage, right, of that simple truth that the body and mind affect each other by having the body relaxed as best we can and having the body relatively still as best we can. And just let that be good enough. Because if you get upset about the movements that do arise, well, of course, that's just more triggering for the activity of the mind. And it will get in the way of everything settling and get in the way of keeping whatever theme that you're contemplating, get in the way of keeping that in mind. Because now you're worried about moving or you're worried that you chose the wrong corner of your living room to sit or something like that. And on and on the spinning mind goes. So, having settled, having invited the body in a kind way to relax, maybe having taken a few longer, deeper, easy breaths. At some point, we'll feel grounded and settled enough in the sitting posture And we pick up our contemplation. And since the beginning of the year, we've taken, been taking a minute or two to contemplate our refuge. What is actually my refuge in this life? And as many of us who have found the teachings of the Buddha useful, we use this traditional reflection In other words, we think about our actual refuge in these three ways. I take refuge in the Buddha, meaning I take refuge in the capacity of this heart to be open and sensitive, awake, alert. I take refuge in the knowing And the second refuge I take refuge in is, I take refuge in Dhamma, 
or dharma the way it is. The conditions or the circumstances that are showing up in each moment of my life. I take refuge not needing the conditions to be different, but rather taking refuge and dealing with the conditions that are actually showing up for me in this moment. And I take refuge in the Buddha being intimate with Dharma or Dhamma, being awake to the conditions, the circumstances that are here, internal, external, being real with, being awake to the way it is. Buddha knowing Dhamma. And the third refuge I take refuge in is this refuge of wise and compassionate engagement, showing up to my world, showing up to my responsibilities and duties and concerns from this place of Buddha knowing Dhamma, from this place of being awake, open-hearted to the way that it actually is, and trusting that my engagement, what I think, what I say, what I do, flows best, most skillfully, from this place of Buddha being awake to Dhamma. These are the three refuges I take refuge in. So like this, each of us finding our own way once a day, once a week or something like that, in a very real way to reflect what is the refuge of my life, the refuges of my life, what do I trust, what can I place my heart upon. And the other traditional reflection or contemplation is to remember to bring to mind and to reassert or to take a resolve around this value of non-harming, which is really the foundation of the spiritual life. Basically recognizing there is more than enough suffering in my own heart and in the world around me. Enough suffering that it makes so much sense that there would arise this deep value undertaking the training to refrain from causing harm to living beings. Undertaking the training to refrain from taking things that haven't been freely offered or naturally coming my way. Undertaking the training to refrain from causing confusion or harm with my sexuality, my sexual activities and thoughts undertaking the training to refrain from using words, language in ways that cause harm, which would even include using silence in ways, not speaking when speaking would be the right or skillful thing to do. And finally, the fifth training, fifth precept, undertaking the training to refrain from intoxicating the mind and that in ways that increase carelessness, making mistakes that cause harm. These are the five trainings I undertake because of this deep and resonant value. I do not want to plant more seeds for suffering for myself or for others. 
And so with this contemplation, we settle into the meditation time now. You can let the eyes close if that's comfortable for you. Taking a moment, establishing mindfulness to the fore. Mindfulness simply means moment by moment to recognize that this experience is being known and we can use the present moment experience of breathing in and breathing out to support the establishing of mindfulness right here, right now. So we're remembering to recognize that breathing in is like this, breathing out is like this, cultivating this continuity of present moment awareness. It's not about controlling the breathing process in any way. It's really about valuing our practice of Buddha, being intimate with Dhamma. And the physicality of breathing in and breathing out is just a convenient working ground or training ground. And we have a deep habit of feeling responsible for the diversity of our experience, the sounds that are in the room, the sights, the thoughts that are being thought, other sensations that are coming and going. But for a while as a training, we bring a more exclusive attention to the ordinary physical process of breathing in and breathing out In the second training, the Buddha invites us to bring our attention to is just to track the breathing in and the breathing out closely enough to be able to discern the relative length or shortness, shortness of each breath. We don't have to think or analyze, it's just staying close enough to the physicality of breathing in and breathing out, to just have that discerning sense, or this is a relatively gross movement of the breath, or this is a relatively subtle, this is a relatively long, or this is a relatively short in-breath or out-breath. So just experiment in a relaxed way with that mindful tracking of the physicality of breathing in and out. Knowing that it's okay to relax, we don't have to control the breath.
And with this more exclusive attention to the meditation object, the physicality of breathing in and out, we're willing to begin again and again and again whenever the mind wanders. That's okay, because that's what the mind does. The attention wanders because of habit. But we bring it back in a gentle and persistent way. without getting tight, getting really interested in that continuity or that tracking so there are no gaps in the mindful attention, the knowing. This is already a profound letting go. The attention is not attending to other phenomena, other aspects of one's experience. All of that is in the background. And the mind is choosing to know this one ordinary thing of breathing in and breathing out as it actually is moment by moment. And there may already be some pleasure of seclusion. So include that as you're breathing in and knowing the sensations of breathing in. Notice any peace or calm of seclusion.
And when you feel that the mind has tasted the pleasure of seclusion, the pleasure of simplicity, just knowing this one thing, sensations of breathing in, sensations of breathing out, then begin to include the third instruction from the Buddha. Breathing in, one trains oneself to experience the whole body. Breathing out, one trains oneself experiencing the whole body. So now we have a more inclusive awareness as we're breathing in, breathing out. So in a sense, the physicality of breathing in and out, not so much in the forefront. Now in the forefront is more the sensations of the totality of the body, the experience of sitting. And all the different sensations in the body are held equally in a way. So we're not favoring the pain or looking for the pleasure in the body, but just feeling the whole experience of the body sitting as we breathe in, tracking, opening to the whole body as we breathe out. An unconditional acceptance an unconditional allowing the sensations of the whole body to be the way they are. Recognizing that the body has rights to be the way that it is as you're breathing in. It has rights to be the way it is as you breathe out. So in this way, the mind's not in conflict with the way the body is, with each inhalation, with each exhalation. This can support a pervading calm in the body as you're breathing in, as you're breathing out. And that's the fourth instruction where the Buddha invites us experiencing calm in the body, calming the body as you breathe in, as you breathe out. And just that sense of calm spreading and deepening throughout the body. Of course, notice it where you can initially without forcing anything. Just notice whatever calm there is in the physicality of the whole body. And just sense it spreading and settling more and deepening more with each inhalation and with each exhalation. So then the meditation object is we're keeping calm, calm in the body. We're keeping that in mind as we breathe in and we're keeping the calming of the body in mind as we exhale.
And for some, it's useful to have a meditation word. So you could use the word calming or calm with each inhalation and with each exhalation, if that helps. It's the calm of the mind letting the body be the way it is, not in conflict. So notice the calm as you breathe in as best you can, noticing the calm in the body as you breathe out as best you can, letting the body be. Fifth instruction, one trains oneself while breathing in, experiencing joy. One trains oneself while breathing out, experiencing joy. So we sense the movement, the natural flow of body and mind, activity of body and mind, the delightful free-flowing movement of the life of the body and mind. And the heart delights in the experience being less and less fixed, more alive, more bright. And a kind of joyful interest can begin to arise So with this fifth instruction, the Buddha is inviting us to keep that ordinary but beautiful quality of joy in mind as you breathe in, keeping joy in mind as you breathe out, wherever, however you sense it. Might be a lightness of the heart, a sense of movement or flow, energetic flow, or a buoyancy, a bright interest. So these are some of the qualities to notice as you breathe in, as you breathe out. You don't have to force this. Just be curious about joy. And remember, you can use a meditation word or a meditation phrase like experiencing joy 
repeating that silently in the heart as you breathe in, and then again as you breathe out. But of course, being relaxed, not forcing anything. We're uncovering something that's very natural. The arising of joy is a natural thing that happens when the conditions are there, the supporting conditions. We keep it in mind, sensing the joy, filling the space of the moment, whole body and mind, affected, touched by the joy, the lightness of the heart. As if the whole body and mind had that bright, light, enlivened quality. Sixth instruction, one trains oneself, breathing in, experiencing ease, ease of the heart, sukha. One trains oneself while breathing out, experiencing sukha, this ease of the heart. So more resonant happiness, contentedness, keeping that in mind as you breathe in, Keeping this in mind as you breathe out, ease of the heart, contentment of the heart. The heart that doesn't need things to be different.
And then the next two steps with more of that recognition of sukha, this ease of the heart. And it's easier with this space of dispassion to observe the mental activity as you breathe in and breathe out. Thoughts come and go. There's just a lot more space, that space of dispassion. Because of the contentedness, the mind doesn't feel so dependent on thoughts and the meaning that the thoughts construct. So breathing in, just aware of the activity of the thinking mind, perceiving mind. Breathing out, just aware of mental activity. And the eighth instruction is to notice how things quiet down. The mental activity begins to quiet precisely because there's an awareness that dispassionate awareness of mental activity. So breathing in, experiencing the quieting of the mental activity of thought. Breathing out, experiencing the quieting of the mind. And with more quietness in the body, more quietness in the thinking mind. The next instruction, one trains oneself while breathing in to experience the space of the mind, the nature of the mind, the knowing mind. And same as you exhale. Just the space of the present moment, the space of knowing, the space of the mind as you breathe in, as you breathe out. Practice keeping this in mind, not the activity of the mind, what it's perceiving or thinking, not the activity of the body, sounds and sensations. But breathing in, experiencing the space of the present moment. Breathing out, experiencing, sensing the space of the knowing mind. Just do the best you can. And as we experience the space of the present moment, the space of the mind, naturally the heart will deeply appreciate 
will be glad about this recognition. Some deep intuition about what is possible. A freedom from being pushed around by our likes and dislikes. So notice that gladdening, that appreciation as you breathe in and out, that deeper valuing of what's being recognized. And this supports a greater confidence and stillness as the heart learns to abide in the space itself, space of the mind, the space of the present moment. Very natural concentration Experiencing the stillness as we breathe in, appreciating the stillness as we breathe out. As if all that's left is stillness, quietness, silence, and the valuing of that quietness as you breathe in and out. subtle sense of ownership, owning this peace, can naturally fall away, which is the fourth instruction here in this third set. The Buddha says, one trains oneself breathing in, liberating the mind of all selfing. Same as we breathe out, of course. But this is a natural falling away of ownership. There's the great beautiful stillness and the dropping away of any remnant selfing.
And for the last couple minutes, being in a relatively refined state of settledness, just contemplating the possibility of non-grasping, non-clinging, non-attachment. And those moments where you notice attachment, you notice clinging, notice some constriction. Does this heart, does the moment need attachment? Is it functional? Is it needed in any way? Is it safe for the heart to relinquish all grasping, all attachment? Is that dangerous? So just explore this in a subtle, simple way for the last minute or two. So when we contemplate the possibility of non-grasping, it's not theoretical, it's actually here and now in this moment. Does this heart need to construct some sense of ground? Is it safe to just allow for this free fall of non-grasping? Letting everything be. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.